Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. chapter beginning at verse 1. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, 
praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to the springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The second lesson comes from 1 John, 3rd chapter, beginning at the first verse. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that we might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one cannot go on sinning. Excuse me. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because of God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not know his brother. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the gospel. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, 
for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. This is our text. So when I was growing up, it was always a treat for my dad to be home for the holidays. The father was in the military, and he was often deployed or on a TDY. And you know, my dad would enjoy spending time with us. We, uh, we were four boys and, and one girl, and you can imagine how the holidays went in that household. And during the holidays, uh, dad would spend extra time with us. He would carve the turkey, and he would always get the turkey leg for himself and proclaim himself to be King Henry VIII and sing the song, King Henry VIII I Am. You know, so we would, we would play games and eat dinner together, and at the time, um, we didn't understand the sacrifices my father made to make sure that the holidays were great. You know, we, sure, we knew that, you know, he went on TDY and deployment, and we knew those, we do those sacrifices, and those would even last up to a year, but 
at times uh, we would be ungrateful for the sacrifices uh, that dad did for us. You know, like for instance, not enjoying the meal, arguing with our parents about doing the chores and cleaning up and, uh, and wanting to spend time playing video games rather than being a family together. We just didn't understand everything that our dad did to give us a good life. But our father loved us anyway. And it must have been very frustrating for him to deal with us. But he never showed it. He gave his all for us. He loved us even though we didn't deserve any of the good things he gave us. And what is true of our earthly fathers, though imperfect they are, is even more true of our heavenly father. In our epistle reading, John wants to protect us against faint-heartedness by giving us this assurance. God loves you. He repeats this and wants this to be deeply impressed upon our hearts that we are God's children. And it's, it's difficult to recognize because we're still in these bodies so full of sin and we experience troubles from uh, the, as a result of the world and as a result of our, ourselves. Uh, and yet we don't feel like God's children because of these sinful bodies. You know, John says here, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. Our Heavenly Father cares for all of His children, both now in this world and those in rest with Him. And to all of us, he bestows his fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in us. And so how has the father made us members of his family? Well, that is through the work of the son of God who destroyed the works of the devil. And what are the works of the devil? Sin and death. We see our Lord encounter the works of the devil with his friend, Lazarus. Lazarus, who was ill and died before Jesus, was even able to heal him. And everyone knew that if Jesus was at the bedside of Lazarus, he would have not died. And Jesus knew this too. Jesus knew the end of Lazarus' story. He knew that the Father would answer his prayer and raise Lazarus from the dead. Jesus also knew that this resurrection wasn't Lazarus' final resurrection that Lazarus would die again and again rise on the last day. And, but even knowing all of this, knowing the end of the story, Jesus cried. He wept tears in the face of death. Here, Jesus gives us permission to. Jesus gives us permission to cry over the middle things of this world, to cry over the brokenness caused by sin, to cry over, the, over a terminal cancer or illness of a loved one, to cry over the, the sudden tragic loss of a loved one through an accident. And even when we lose a loved one through a peaceful death, the sting of death is real. And there's no covering up the pain. Death brings real pain and real sorrow. And our Lord, who is the most real person 
ever to have walked this world, he knew the sting of death. Even though he knew that the Father would listen to his prayer and raise Lazarus from the dead, he wept. St. Paul reminds us in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. You know, we too can mourn, even knowing the final things, that our loved ones are with our Lord forever and that they will participate in the resurrection of the righteous. But what we are now, as John proclaims, we are hidden. What is at work in us is hidden. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And so our grief is different than that of the world, for what we hope in is hidden. It's a hope that gives the forgiveness of sins, a hope that purifies our souls. As Paul says in the great now and not yet chapter in Romans Chapter 8, verse 24 of, of, of our world here, he says, For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? Christ's work is hidden in us, because no matter how much we or a loved one participate in sin and darkness, and we will in our fallen bodies, we certainly will, we still have hope. And this is our hope. Christ's grace is greater than our sin. No sin outside of unbelief is beyond the redemptive power of our Lord. For as John says here in 1 John chapter 1, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. And we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And in 1 John chapter 3, verse 3, and, anyone, and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as Jesus is pure. Through the blood of Christ, we have been made family, part of God's royal family. And we have been made pure, just like our big brother, Jesus, able to stand in the presence of our heavenly father, to bring all of our cares and concerns, just as little children bring their cares and concerns to their father and know that he's going to take care of them. To have that childlike faith that our father, our heavenly father is gonna take care of all of our needs, and as Jesus says here in the, in the Beatitudes, he says, blessed are the pure of heart, for you will see God. And, and, and there's more than that here. Our big brother Jesus has invited us to the big family banquet, a banquet where all the saints living and departed joined together in Christ's body, his mystical union will be gathered together here. The Father has made us his family by giving us his seed. Now, seed contains genetic material. 
when God's seed abides in us, certain characteristics of the, of the heavenly family emerge. The family characteristics are the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the characteristics of God's family. We cannot see these clearly now, as John says. He says, what we will be has not yet appeared, but they remain hidden under our corrupted nature, the world and the power of the devil. But we do have these gifts through the power of baptism where we were born again into God's household. And we have all these gifts through faith because what God says and, and, uh, and we believe what God says. Whatever God says is true, and we believe in what he says, that we are members of his heavenly family. But those who are with the Lord now, all of this is fully revealed. They practice righteousness. Once we're with the Lord, sin has no more power over us. When we are with the Lord, sin, death, and the devil no longer obscure our vision. Those with our Lord right now see God clearly. And this is why a, a funeral is a baptism completion. When we are, well, what is born in baptism lasts forever. But our sinful bodies, our old Adams, our old Eves, once they die, they stayed buried in the ground for good. They ain't coming back. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But what remains is what God created in our baptisms, our new Adams, our new Eves, that it will enjoy the family meal forever and ever. People from all tribes and all languages, all around a great big family table, eating together, enjoying one another's company, having relationships without sin, and even, even imagine this here, that, that God enjoys our company, right? He's going to be a father doting over his little children at that great and wondrous meal. The Lord takes pleasure in his people, the psalmist says. Isn't that remarkable? That God so washed us in the blood of Christ and so renewed us in the Holy Spirit that he is pleased with us sinners. And in fact, we were able to do things that please him. Now, C.S. Lewis's little essay called the weight of glory illustrates this in a student's joy and her teacher's pleasure. Lewis points out that childlike faith is not conceited, but takes great joy of being praised or complimented. Sin so easily contorts this joy into arrogance and contention. But joy itself is good. On reflecting of his own childhood experiences with teachers praising him, Lewis recalls one moment, which he says was very, very brief, when just perhaps the delight he felt in pleasing his teacher wasn't selfish, but it was pure. There can be something entirely good in feeling, uh, in feeling good when we receive praise for pleasing someone we rightfully fear and love. That small moment Lewis experienced, fleeting as it was, might give us a a preliminary glimpse of the day when we finally stand before Christ and he declares to us, well done, good and faithful servant. After all, we can enter 
heaven only as a child. So we should not let false humility rob us of, rob us of God's gift of being treated as children, of being praised by our loving Father. It's an amazing thought, isn't it? That the praise we'll receive on that last day, and yet it's already now. The Lord is no less pleased with us through faith uh, than he will be then or ever. We are already saints, and this is the joy of being one of God's saints. This All Saints Day, you know, we're reminded that we still live in this veil of tears, that what we will be has not yet appeared. We mourn death as our Lord mourned the death of Lazarus, even knowing the end of the story. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. But we, along with the saints before us, enjoy God's goodness and grace, that they see now clearly what we see now through a mirror dimly that is veiled by the world. The saints in heaven see God's full goodness and glory, and, in that, and, 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 then, and, and they in that mysterious way see the Father's love as they rest from all their labors in the presence of our, of our Heavenly Father. And both the church triumphant, that is the church in heaven, and the church militant here on earth are one church with one Lord and one hope that we will participate in that big family reunion with saints at all times and all places gathered around the throne of our big brother, Jesus, forever and ever. As John writes in Revelation, in Revelation 7, a great multitude that no one sh could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is our heavenly family. It's a family gathered around love, for God is love. See the love of the Father who sent his Son to die for us, that we would be his children forever, a love that conquered death and the works of the devil forever, a love that burst forth from the empty tomb that first Easter morning. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.